0: It's time for the Average Pros
1: Fantasy Football Podcast featuring Jonathan Rates, Alex Huff, and Braden. What
2: is up and what is going on? Welcome into the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. We hope that you had a happy Thanksgiving and are in that Christmas spirit. If you started listening to Christmas music anytime before Thanksgiving, you're wrong. I don't know how my fellow co-hosts feel about that, but uh, I'm pretty strong on that opinion. So uh, we're going to dive right into some week th- week 12 uh, recap and just kind of go through the games here. So... We can start with the Thanksgiving Day games, and Alex, uh, we're going to, I guess, start here with some Believe It or Nots, uh, like we've done previously, and, and see what uh, what kind of organically comes of it, because we don't know what your Believe It or nots is going to be, and you won't know what ours are going to be coming up. So, Alex, kick us off with the Bills and Lions.
1: Yeah, I guess this is uh, directly to Brayden here, but believe it or not, it is okay to listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. <laughs>
0: It is definitely not
1: okay to listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. My wife started
0: listening to it November 1st. And I told her, I said, you can listen to this as much as you want. I just don't want to be around for it. And so (laughs) headphones have to be in. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) I'm so glad you brought it back to the the Christmas question because I really want to ask that. But uh, so you read my mind there. But yeah, Christmas music. November 1st is is closer but there's people that listen so in, so in wrong summertime or year round like how do you even enjoy christmas when it comes
1: so so here's my thing is after halloween it's like it's okay it doesn't mean that everyone should be doing it like i don't know if you should do halloween like christmas decorations after halloween but i think like the official deadline is right after thanksgiving but i think anything before Thanksgiving after Halloween, it's like an acceptable window. There's a little bit of judgment, but it's you're, like it's you're wrong. Valid.
2: But you're wrong. But it's acceptable.
1: <laughs> you're wrong, but it's valid.
2: <laughs> I was trying to think of like a fantasy football comp. Like the what? What do you compare? What player do you compare to the people that listen to it? You know, all year round or starting. It's like July. the
0: people who. It's like the people it's like who James Robinson. we'll get to him later it's like the people who keep starting kyle pitts you know it's like you can't you can just have too much of a good thing and he's on ir it just hurts you (laughs) week after
1: week still in the starting lineup baby after week but to answer your question from fantasy are
2: we going back to bill okay back to bills and lines here we go yeah there's no
1: there's no good transition there um but i guess if we are holidays thanksgiving thanksgiving games Bills and Lions, what's a takeaway? Um, believe it or not, Jamal Williams is the better running back to play in the uh Detroit backfield between Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift rest of the season.
0: Uh I I believe it, but not like a hundred percent. Like if it's full PPR, I still don't mind playing Swift. And if I'm a team that's a lock for the playoffs, I don't mind like holding on to Swift and, and being ready to play him. But yeah, Jamal Williams right now is definitely the better back to be playing.
2: Yeah, the only thing I consider there is I feel like the Lions, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say this, they're going to start having some negative game scripts because their schedule gets pretty tough after the Jaguars this week. Um, So like you said, PPR, maybe DeAndre Swift. I still think DeAndre Swift's is more talented, but clearly Dan Campbell loves Jamal Williams. Like I think him and Jamal Williams, like go have lunch every like three times a week and just talk about, red zone touches
1: um so so maybe better question then are both jamal williams and deandre swift startable rest of season full ppr for sure uh standard
0: it's hard for me to start swift right now
2: yeah if if you're in playoffs right now i think you probably are gonna have better plays Uh, maybe week 14 with the bye situation getting rough you might be in that situation but um, I think you could do worse. I think you could do worse. So, Well, let's jump to another uh, Thanksgiving Day game, the Giants and Cowboys. Braden, uh, what do you got for us?
0: Uh, believe it or not, uh, Saquon Barkley is a fantasy playoff landmine waiting to happen, meaning that he will hurt your team. You'll keep him in your lineup because of his name, but he's not going to help you in a championship.
2: I... Well, I'll be—I'll be the voice of reason here and say that I disagree. Uh, fantasy landmine is a strong term, and I think that Saquon—I have to look a little bit more closely at their it's, schedule. It's
0: at at Washington, at Minnesota, and at home against Indianapolis.
2: I think I think I'm still playing him. Um, I just don't think there's enough. If you have him at this point, you probably missed. That's not the question.
0: Too. The question is, is he a landmine? Meaning, is he someone you're going to? No, he's, to he's eat, a eat. running back.
1: Wonderful. <laughs> <Nicole>. I think, <laughs> um, Jonathan, your humor always it always gives crash me, in. but it's um, a chuckle.
2: At least as long as I get a chuckle, it's gonna going to keep coming. I th-
1: I think we're sm- slightly arguing semantics here. Braden, I know you in our main league of record traded away Saquon to probably a listener here um, on this podcast, but I don't agree. I don't think he's a landmine. I think he's too pivotal in the offense. They do have a harder schedule, but he has the pass catching ability. I know they've had some issues with their wide receivers and health. Um, I just think like, I, I think the, the schemes are still going to be there. Washington does look good. They are getting chase young back. They do have Philadelphia before that. So he'll also be able to help you get into the playoffs. Um, I just, I don't think he's a landmine per se. Maybe it's, maybe he's a high end RB two as opposed to the RB six on the air, which he is right now. But I, I don't know if you're, there's an actual item there outside of maybe some dynasty landscape that you're going to, change with Saquon Barkley. If you haven't, I think you got to ride with him. If you have him,
2: I think the negative regression is definitely there from what the beginning of the season was, but I also think the giants have to commit to him because they're still very much in the playoff race. And so they've got to commit to their best player. And so I think he's going to get workload after workload. Um, so I'm still still probably riding with him, but I, I see kind of where you're coming from. If, if you're that player that's saying, Oh, I got Saquon Barkley in my lineup, like I can't wait for him to put up 25, 30 points, your his name is not Josh Jacobs. So <laughs> yeah, since since week 1 when he had his and half point PBR, had
0: had 31 points. Uh the closest he's gotten is 23 points. Every other game has has been less than 20. So um not a huge ceiling there.
1: I guess and I'll make this quick but my response is from an analytics perspective it makes sense why you're making this argument and I don't disagree with the analytics side of it. I just I would counter with, I don't know. I think he's in a kind of a superstar tier that it's really hard to kind of be able to predict. And oftentimes we see superstars kind of buck analytic trends, especially when it comes to matchups. So I agree with you. I just, I'm curious if Saquon's talent kind of wins out and we'll see. But I think it's, if you have the opportunity to get out of it and get to somebody who has a good matchup throughout the playoffs, I don't think it's a crazy thing. And that's what you've done. And I think it was a good move. So
2: if you can swap Saquon plus for Derrick Henry, I think you absolutely do that before
1: the trade deadline. I mean, I know that's a, but a big, I would do big. that. I would do that even if Saquon had a favorable schedule in playoffs though.
2: Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's a pretty obvious trade, but that's something that somebody might actually do. That's probably the only way you're getting Derek Henry and he has a nice schedule coming up. So, uh, okay. Vikings and Patriots, the nightcap on Thanksgiving, my believe it or not is Kirk cousins has kicked the primetime curse and has evolved into a every week, startable fantasy quarterback, Not matchup dependent.
0: I don't buy it. I'm just not ready.
1: I'm not ready to buy that he's kicked the the primetime bug. My response was gonna be, does it matter for fantasy? If he's
2: kicked the primetime bug?
1: Like uh maybe if you're in like, you know, maybe you had Matthew Stafford and Justin Fields, you know, and you need a, you know, backup quarterback replacement. Um I don't know. I, I don't know if I think if you had Kirk Cousins in a position where you're playing him, you're still going to be playing him, and you probably were despite maybe the most fickle of primetime matchups where you had a a better matchup. But I think if you have him as a backup, he's still kind of your backup. And if not, you had to play him anyway.
2: I mean, in 12-team leagues, he definitely got drafted as a starter. I don't know that he's still a starter at this point, but I mean – He went 30 for 37 for 300 yards and three touchdowns against the number one ranked
1: fantasy defense. So I know that's not, it doesn't equate to best football defense, but. Well, I was going to say, I think it, it, I think it's a believe it in the sense that he can now support really four offensive weapons, some to a very elite degree, um, on a much more consistent basis than we're used to. So I think Justin Jefferson has proven he's kind of a lock. Adam Thielen has been playing well. TJ Hawkinson, since he showed up, has been great. And then Dalvin Cook has had some rough games, but he's still got a lot of targets. But I think so. I think your point about Kirk Cousins is true for all of his weapons going forward. That's a good good
2: perspective to put on it. So, what about the Panthers and Broncos, Alex?
1: Believe it or not, no one in Denver is startable for an impact in an impactful way going forward, rest of season.
2: Brayden, I'll share here quickly and then you can kind of. Wrap it up. I think you might get some startability, as crazy as it sounds, out of Mike Boone in a pinch, uh in a flex spot. But uh like, like probably... something has been okay. Yeah, but he hasn't gotten any touchdowns. And so all their touchdowns have come to the ground. So really your only decent value's really been on the ground. Uh I don't know. Mike Boone's interesting to me just coming back with Latavius Murray not having done a whole lot yards per carry wise, but Braden, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts.
0: Um, I believe that no one is going to be, however you said it, impactful in a meaningful way. I, there's definitely no ceiling with any of these players. Um, I think the best option is Cortland Sutton and he's good for, he's good for eight or nine targets and 60 yards. And Russ has thrown seven touchdowns on the year. And so I guess there's a chance that, he's going to maybe get a touchdown, but, um, anyways, yeah, I don't, I don't see a ceiling. I don't, I think that the running back situation is going to be real messy and I think Latavius has been fine, but I think Mike Boone is going to be catching passes. So yeah, I I agree with you.
2: I mean, if you can't, if you don't have to start the Broncos, I, I probably wouldn't, but, I think there might be some value there on, on the fringe players as like a running back three some weeks for Mike Boone. Once he gets back, give him a couple weeks, maybe week 14, if you're going to be in a pinch starting, because week 14, there's a lot of buys coming up. So maybe you have to get some some startable waiver wire ads there. So uh, what about the Browns and Bucks, Braden? Uh,
0: believe it or not, uh, the... I guess I don't know how to word this with a believe it or not. Believe it or not, um, every Browns uh, skill position um, is a sell high with Deshaun Watson coming back, meaning they won't be good as good with Deshaun Watson as we think you, they will be.
2: I'm curious to know what you believe about that, because we were talking before the pod, Well, I think Deshaun Watson is going to be, and I don't think he's going to be much. But someone mentioned it was a hopeful thing, but throwing for 600 yards. So I'm probably saying sell high on everybody, but I mean, Nick Chubb, like Nick Chubb, you're not going to, you're not going to sell him. You're going to keep him and ride him. I think. Yeah. Um, and you're not beyond yeah, that. You get
1: sell high on Kareem Hunt.
2: Well, yeah, he hasn't gotten to a high point yet. Uh, did he get a touchdown this last week? No. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to, to sell him, but like Amari Cooper, David and Joku, um, It's kind of hard to sell high at this late in the season too, but I I think you're onto something there with them not having the output that they would. I guess, I guess,
0: I guess let's just go around really quick and say our perspective on what changes with the Browns offense. Now that Deshaun Watson's back. So like for me, my prediction is they will be slightly more pass heavy and causing Nick Chubb to have less work, still be a great running back asset, but maybe not have the ceiling he had. And I think that this week will be tough, but by the end of the season, I think it's going to course correct and Joku's going to finish strong, and so is Amari Cooper. I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to be a league winner, though.
1: Yeah, maybe that he's not a league winner, but I think he's going to elevate every skill position in the offense. So I would say, and believe it or not, I would say don't believe it, just in the sense that it's not like he's coming off injury, right? Like he's been healthy. And so it's going to be shaking the rust off and that might take a couple games, but I mean, the way that you have to scheme for Deshaun Watson, that defensive coordinators have to versus what they have to do for Jacoby Brissett is just completely different. Like you, even if Deshaun Watson for a couple games, isn't everything that maybe the most optimistic people are projecting, it's, you still have to account for everything he's been able to do. And he's again, he's not coming off injury. So I think he can provide equal value to what Jacoby Brissett's been doing in terms of like fantasy value for Mari Cooper, David and Joku, at least Nick Chubb. And then you can throw in ancillary pieces like Kareem Hunt and David Donovan people's Jones, who might get different treatment with Deshaun Watson. But I think at least for their core, like who we're really talking about is Nick Chubb, Mari Cooper and David and Joku. And I think, he at least keeps their value. And even if Deshaun Watson just is completely done, which we don't have an indication to believe that yet, I think that he at least can sustain what Jacoby Brissett's value is. And if he's awful, then they just put Jacoby Brissett back in. And I mean, they probably won't do it contract-wise, but you know what I mean? Like Realistically, that's the floor, is what I would say. So at least that's what I would... I don't know. It's hard to buy high, but It's also hard. It'd be hard to sell high. I think (laughs) I just
2: want it to be recorded somewhere so I can either go up in flames or be touted as a fantasy expert. But I think Deshaun Watson is going to be an absolute disaster, Um, especially first game. I just, I can't see. And I said this before the podcast, 28 games of not playing in the NFL. Like I just don't see where he comes back and reads defense as well, plays game speed. Well, but I could be overreacting. So also are the Browns going to change their name to like the fight elf on a shelf? Like, have y'all seen that logo in the center of the field that, like, I think you could do some cool stuff with that better than clearly the Browns.
0: It's pretty, it's pretty ugly, but yeah, I agree. You can do something pretty clever with that.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know where it came from. It just started showing up and it's like, okay, everyone just kind of, no one's talking about it It just happened. So anyway, uh, Jackson Ravens, uh, kind of an interesting game here. I'm going to go since, you know, stay on the podcast brand here, but, uh, Travis Etienne will get back to form this week, and Jermichael Hasty and the signing of Daryl Henderson are not inconsequential.
1: I uh, believe not. it. I think there's reports that came out that Travis Etienne, he was back in his full pads on the sideline after the injury. He is healthy. They just did not want to risk it. So there's no, if anyone's out of the loop, there's no injury risk for Travis Etienne going forward. So I think he is. I think it's a question like, you know, we're talking about Saquon's dip in schedule. It's like Travis Etienne or Saquon Barkley rest of season or something like that. I think, I think Travis Etienne is still in those I go, conversations. I go Saquon there pretty easily, but I know that that's not going to be Brady's answer. Uh,
0: well everyone, just so you know, if you listened to our podcast and listened all the way through, you knew my advice to start Travis Etienne and sit James Robinson. And I was right. He got scored by my 0.3 points. So, um, <laughs> I think that James James Robinson was a
2: healthy scratch just uh, Uh, for note of everybody. uh,
0: I think that I think Travis Etienne is going to be just fine this week. It wouldn't shock me if they kind of split it a little bit just to kind of give some more rest and, and make sure he's good to go in that just in the quick pace of the game. But I'm not worried about Travis Etienne. I'm starting him in every league that I have him this week.
2: You don't have any concerns that the Daryl Henderson signing was kind of in nerves of Travis Etienne kind of being a little bit injury prone?
0: I don't, I don't think it was
2: Um, just kind of a depth signing to have depth because injuries do happen kind of thing.
1: Yeah. That's what I would say. That's That's fair. Yeah. I think, I think the running back coach saw his future if Travis Etienne was out and was like, Hey, we need some depth here just in case this goes down again. And so it's hard to think that whenever you have a guy exploding and then you trade away James Robinson, but I don't know.
2: I thought you were going to make a joke there and it didn't happen. And I, I didn't know what to do. That was very well said, but I was, I was expecting a totally different way there. So you, you caught me off guard. Uh, Dolphins Texans, Alex, what's your
1: believe it or not? I think that believe it or not. I don't, I, I said that. I think that, and believe it or not, believe it or not, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert are startable over Damian Pierce rest of season.
0: I have Wilson as the highest. Um and then Damian Pierce and then Raheem Mostert, but I see why you went there.
1: Yeah, are we? Get... Go ahead. I was going to say I don't. I'm not saying I I fully support that. I was kind of questioning where y'all were at. I would have them ranked similarly, but I think the hype on Damian Pierce has slowed down drastically since like week four of this year. I mean, the
2: Dolphins' offense. I think Mostert has a better chance
1: of getting a touchdown
2: at this point in the season than Pierce does. Like that's a very real world. So what happened to Damian Pierce? Like, are the Texans just that bad? Uh, But I feel like he's been getting spelled and losing some, some snap share. And I, was there a report that came out or just kind of attrition of the season?
1: So everything I've seen and read prior to at least this week was that, I mean, they were behind. And so he has some, Damian Pierce has some pass catching ability, but it's obviously whenever the Texans are trying to catch up by such a degree that they were this last Sunday, it's hard for Damian Pierce to get involved in games earlier in the season. If the Texans lost, they kind of got down later in the, in the game. And so there was still some establishing of the run. But it's like when the Dolphins just come out immediately, and the Dolphins are one of the few teams in the NFL that can do that, just come out swinging. And it's I, you just don't have a the chance to establish the run game. And so I, I just don't see that getting better, though, for the Texans anytime soon.
2: Yeah, there's a very real world that the Texans are like, hey, we got a two-game lead on uh, the number one overall pick. We might just shut it down (laughs) inconspicuously, but I I don't think that's out of the question. So I got to go quick on maybe these next few here, but uh, Braden, the Jets and Bears game, uh, what were your thoughts?
0: Yep, Uh, believe it or not, uh, Justin Fields is going to not be able to be a top five quarterback with the big ceiling. Um, given Darnell Mooney being out rest of season
2: and his shoulder, um, injury. I think you're definitely tempering expectations. If he comes back, I still think he's got top 10 ability, but I'm more worried that if he doesn't see the field at all, if he sees the field, I'm playing him pretty confidently still, um, not over like your top end guys, but like I said, top 10 quarterback wise. Um, and if you picked him up, you're likely probably were hurting at quarterback. So you probably play him but I'm concerned his injury keeps him off the field for another couple of weeks and they just shut him down altogether.
1: Yeah. I say, I believe it. I, I say, believe it in the sense that jo- Justin Fields is not a top five quarterback rest of season. He has the jets this week coming off an injury green Bay, which is somewhat hit or miss. It's a bye in week 14. Then he plays Philadelphia in week 15, Buffalo in week 16. And then he gets Detroit in week 17. If you know, you're still alive at that point. So I think it's, we knew this whenever Justin Fields kind of exploded onto the scene. We knew that he had a really favorable three-game matchup, and he dominated in those matchups. And then we knew there was a couple medium games with a bye, and then it came to some really bad playoff matchups. So I believe it. Justin Fields will not be a top five quarterback rest of season.
2: I personally don't mind those matchups, but I mean, other than the Eagles probably, but shootouts with the Packers. Well, Packers just have been awful. And then the Lions and Bills and Vikings even. So I don't know. I'm I'm not too too skeptical of it. Like I said, I'm more injury, but I could see where you're going with that for sure. Uh okay, moving on to the next one here. So talking uh Bengals and Titans and my believe it or not here is that the Joe fighting Joe Burrows will be a top five quarterback rest of the season. Believe it. Yeah, I believe that. So top five. So you're saying who who finishes ahead of him?
0: Mahomes, Allen, uh Justin Hurts. Fields, or, uh, Hurts. <laughs> So Mahomes, Hur- Allen, Hurts. That's where I put Burrow and
1: I would put Herbert near him. Yeah. So. and I still hold out maybe Lamar. Just he's got the game script proof ability to do it, and we've seen it and so i'd keep him in the conversation i think but i think Bur- i'd put burrow ahead of herbert and lamar
2: does dak enter that conversation at all
1: of Not like top me. top eight he's close his schedule's a little bit rough but they're playing so well i think you have to at least consider it uh, kyler is still ahead of me over dak
0: but mm. but i, I mean I, w- I would still take fields with the chance of a ceiling over dak but that's just me that's I mean I shock. have
1: I have a league where I have Fields and Dak Prescott and I'm really happy that I do because I can play Dak when Justin Fields has bad matchups. But I don't know. I think I mean I think what Dak has done since he's come back from injury has also been underrated. So this is a different conversation, probably for another podcast, but it's interesting. I think if we look back at what Dak's done that um I don't know, it maybe it's a little underrated.
2: Okay, real quick, Tua or Burrow rest of the season. I mean, by your rankings, burrow burrow pretty clearly but
0: but Tua should be in that top eight conversation
1: absolutely yeah i'd take burrow as well okay not by a Uh, lot but i'd have to it's close for me but for
2: the sake of the podcast i'll say Tua. uh alex commanders falcons this game was interesting but what are your takeaways or what you believe or not from that game and those teams
1: Man, believe it or not, I don't want to talk about any of these players for fantasy at all on either side. Um, I think, believe it or not, Antonio Gibson is a startable RB2 rest of season. I do not believe that.
2: Brian Robinson just showed exactly what our fear was, where Ed Gibson gets his highest snap share in week 11, and then week 12 comes back, and Brian Robinson's the workhorse again. So uh, I'm steering away from that. Personally, I could see. Gibson having some value in some games, but you just don't know when it's going to be a Gibson game and when they're just going to ride Robinson. Personally, I
1: mean, uh, Robin. Uh, Gibson still got sixty-one percent of the routes to Robinson's thirty-five percent. So, yes, Robinson had the receiving touchdown technically, and then one hundred and five yards on the ground, but it, it wasn't as like cut and dry as it made out to seem. And Gibson has been predominantly better the last six games leading up to this. I mean, Gibson's have, a pass pass catcher for sure, but. but
0: they have. I don't believe it though. They also incorporated. Is his name Jonathan Williams? They incorporated another, mm-hmm. a, a third yeah. running back from Indianapolis last year. Yeah. So I, I'm not ready to believe it. I mean, I can't sell him for anything, so I don't mind him being a fill in or a flex. I think he's, especially in a PPR league, I'd much rather have him than Over Robinson. But
2: that it's... coaching, that coaching duo of Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, like, could give. Two craps about fantasy. <laughs> like,
1: oh, yeah. it, they just that's why, do whatever. That's why it was hard for this game because it's like Terry McLaurin is you're still gonna play him. Maybe a valid question. Brad Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Cordell Patterson, rank them rest of season. Because I oh, think God. like I don't know. And then no I mean, rest of
2: I probably rank Gibson the highest of those three just because of his ceiling.
1: And so then you would take you take Antonio Gibson over Brandon Robinson rest of season? Personally I would. If I'm going to play, wasn't your your argument that that's the reason Gibson isn't relevant for fantasy is because Brad Robinson
2: is better than him? You said, no, I said that they use him, they alternate the usages. And you said Antonio Gibson is going
1: to be an RB2 rest of the season. No, and and RB2, like a top 24 running back.
2: Right, yeah. And so that's putting him in the same conversation as like the Devin Singletary's, the Jamal Williams, David Montgomery's. And I'm not ready to take him over any of those people.
1: But he's still higher than Brad Robinson rest of the season for you.
2: Are you not entertained, Alex? Did my answer <laughs> satisfy?
1: <laughs> it did. I was just clarifying. Just getting Thank the, you. For the, the for conclusion. The listeners. For yeah. the listeners.
2: What about the Chargers and the Cards, Braden?
0: Uh, believe it or not. Cards is short uh, for Cardinals. Yep, the Cardinals. Uh, Justin Herbert's going to be a league winner. I believe it.
2: Okay, can we get some absolutes on league winner? I mean, obviously he is going to win people
1: <laughs> fantasy championships. <You> guys, <laughs> he he is you going guys, to win people Brayden, their leagues. Braden uses. You guys never like a, help me out with. I that. give my like okay top twenty four. Braden's over here like league winner. Landmine. Okay, he's, he's gonna. Like, he's we don't gonna know be, what these terms mean, Braden. <laughs> 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 They're so subjective. He's gonna end up on a weedy cereal box. It's all relative. <laughs> we're about to. Okay, we're gonna see the Justin Herbert ceiling we saw last
0: year. In the coming weeks, from
1: him. Well, he has Las Vegas, Miami, Tennessee, Indianapolis, wa- uh, Los Angeles Rams. So, yeah, those oh, I, are some I like pretty. Uh...
2: <laughs> I like Justin Herbert a lot. Rest of the season, I'll I'll say for the sake of the podcast, he's a league winner, and he should be somebody you're getting. With so he's
0: not so he's unequivocally, without a doubt, not a landmine. We can all define that <laughs> he's enough. He's not enough a Him and okay. Saquon Barkley cannot. As long hang as out. we know that, okay, perfect.
1: <laughs> we have our own little lingo for this podcast right <laughs> we it's all I'll relative a dictionary i'll put it out I, on
2: twitter we're gonna have a, a Braden fantasy word of the week uh that's yeah. gonna be a new twitter thing
1: so I, I will say with we we talked about joe burrow versus justin herbert now looking at Justin herbert's schedule rest of season plus the fact that Keenan allen is now healthy josh palmer has stepped up in a considerable way mike williams will be healthy here in what hopefully two weeks
2: he will never be healthy but he will play
1: Gerald Everett is there. Austin Eckler is still elite. I mean, Austin Eckler or uh, Justin Herbert has all these weapons that I think could benefit and go towards the narrative of quote unquote Braden's league winner. Um, But I, uh, I definitely buy it. So. So this
2: is just for fun, looking up how many targets Austin Eckler has, but I have the next believe it or not. So somebody else looked that up for me. Uh, So. I the Raiders and Seahawks, my believe it or not, is Josh Jacobs is a top three running back rest of the season. I know this conversation sounds familiar, but uh rest of the season Josh Jacobs top three running back.
0: I believe it. I would take Henry over him. And Eckler. And
1: Jacobs is third. So he's currently the number one running back in fantasy. <laughs> I did not realize that after this week. Makes sense. He has the Chargers, the Rams. So the Rams is not a great running matchup. New England, which is also not a great running matchup. Pittsburgh, with, with TJ Watt's also not a great running matchup. Then San Francisco in week 17. It's so, a tough
2: schedule. That that didn't yeah.
0: But I'm when still giving
1: I'll take him over Saquon. I I think I would take Henry. Eckler easily over him. I think Jonathan Taylor's up there and I think Christian McCaffrey just based on schedule could be argued to be ahead of Josh Jacobs, but I think it's not inconceivable that Josh Jacobs is a top five for sure. Top six lock rest of season.
2: So going back to my previous comment about Austin Eckler, he has 98 targets and 80 receptions already this year through 11 games. So he's already going to his best year was 92 and 108 uh, but he's on pace to shatter that. That's just unreal um okay what about the Chiefs and Rams Alex
1: believe it or not there is no running back that's worth starting rest of the season for the Kansas City Chiefs you're just gonna that. be you're gonna be just shooting darts every week and it's Isaiah Pacheco Ronald Jones Jared McKinnon and you just Melvin Gordon to play Melvin Gordon. I mean it's just I don't think it's gonna matter
0: I don't believe it I like Pacheco starting I don't like his ceiling let me clarify that but um I don't mind starting him if i need to
2: the melvin gordon signing was interesting kind of felt like but yeah i don't know i mean i know it's the target the target squad the practice squad but might as well be the target squad uh but it's just seems like you want that veteran back there in pacheco in these big games he's a young guy and i don't know that they fully trust him yet although he is talented um but a, like you said, I think a great point, Braden, was no the ceiling is is interesting, yeah, and it does have a floor.
1: I guess that was part of my my statement. There was like Isaiah Pacheco got 22 rushing attempts, and he kind of gets the lead back, like role. But Melvin Gordon has also proven to do that, and the Chiefs have consistently brought in veterans down the stretch who have taken over. And so I just don't know if it's going to be relevant enough for anybody. I think it's going to be too many pieces of pie and. The Chiefs running game is too small of a pie for it to really make a difference. Like if you're on waivers this week and anyone's out there, I'm not burning a priority to get any of them. The tricky thing, I mean, is the
2: gadget plays that the Chiefs always run near the goal line. So again, you're not getting those high value touches as a running back for the Chiefs.
0: I I wouldn't I wouldn't burn priority for Pacheco or or any other running back, but I mean, I I hear what y'all are saying about like Melvin Gordon and and that, but like he got run out of town by Latavius Murray. (laughs) and he got run out of town by mike boone and i'm just i'm not ready to say i'm not ready to say that he's going to be a threat but i I, there is some validity to they want to have a veteran they trust and maybe it's mckinnon i would put more money on mckinnon than on
1: melvin gordon i would too i was just saying like maybe your point is fair for pacheco for now but it's like there might be a an eight point ten point floor for some running back here at some point it's probably going to change from now to the end of the season more than once it's just it's almost just not worth playing the game for them if you have other options
2: if you're Melvin Gordon you kind of just won the lottery you just went from the probably worst team to play for in the NFL to the best team to play for and all you have to do is make it from the practice squad to being the third you gotta you, you gotta be Ronald Jones you that's might you, gotta do. you might get a ring out of this situation like that's that's that's
1: a glow up if I've ever heard he, of one. So. He kind of deserves one. He's been around. So we like him in LA.
2: Well, all you have to do is fumble the ball, a bunch by the goal line, you will get cut and be picked up by Super Bowl contenders. There's the the playbook. So, okay, braiding the Niners and the Saints. Uh, this was an absolute barn burner. Not, but what is your believe it or not? Uh,
0: believe it or not, Debo is going to course correct and be a top. 15 wide receiver rest of season.
1: What is he right now? Not. (laughs) (laughs) Let me look it up real quick. I'll go real quick.
2: Uh, I think that's definitely in the range of outcomes. Uh, Alex and I've had this conversation. There's a lot of mouths that you're feeding in San Francisco. And I mean, they scored 13 points this past week. Granted the saints defense is no slouch, but that's just not a lot of points for a quote unquote high powered offense. Um, I think you'll start to see Debo on the backfield a little bit more, though, with some of those injuries to Elijah Mitchell. Um, and so that's something you definitely have to watch out. And so if he starts getting some rushing attempts again, absolutely. But he's not going to do it through the passing game.
1: So real quick test. If you all were to have to guess, what do you think Debo Samuel's current rank on the season is right now? What 26. 26. Braden? Uh brain's looking it up. I
0: no, I'm not. Uh he's hanging his head in shame. T- I don't know,
1: 20,
2: 25. Dude, you just press his right at me.
1: Yeah, I sure did. What the heck? Okay. And half point PPR, he's wide receiver twenty. So course of <laughs> course correcting to a top fifteen it's kind of just staying the course, essentially, because there'll be maybe an injury or two, right? And
2: yeah, but I think that five five spots is fairly significant just because you're right on the fringe of an RB one or RB he's best practically an RB, but running or wide receiver one.
1: But yeah, having said that, I think he does, I think he does better than that. So I believe it. Like, I think he, I mean, going down the stretch, the 49ers still do look good and they're obviously making a push. I think at the end of the day, they're kind of who he relies on. Like, I don't know. Kyle Shanahan definitely likes Debo Samuel, likes how they can use him. And it's really hard to scheme around Debo Samuel, especially with all the, other gadgets that they have, Brandon Ayuk has looked awesome, but I think Debo Samuel is kind of their guy that they use in different multifaceted schemes. That it, whenever coaching analytics start to come out and coaches start to try to outcoach each other in big games and playoffs, I think Debo Samuel is kind of that wild card that Kyle Shanahan has that another coach can't not figure out how to stop. And so I, I agree. I think Debo Samuel is a good play rest of the season and ends up being much better than he has been.
2: Okay, this next one is going to be a little bit of a stretch, Um, but from the Eagles and Packers, A.J. Dillon finishes rest of season
1: better than Zeke Elliott. Uh, believe it or not. I don't oh. believe that. Assuming Aaron Jones full health rest of season?
2: Yeah, like assuming it's a situation like
1: it was last game. I do not believe it, but I don't like that I don't believe it.
0: <laughs> what is it?
1: Where did you
2: get that from like why are we talking about this right now <laughs> does it well, like what's it was your just, rationale well just aj dylan getting having a decent game um against the eagles and so then i just kind of tried to pull a running back that was a name but yeah. maybe might be in that same realm i was going oh, go like to kind of go miles play. sanders um but miles sanders i think is going to be very serviceable and could be top like 15 or 20 rest of the season personally, but I maybe that's that's a secondary, believe it or not, Miles Sanders' top 20 running back rest of the season.
0: Believe it. I like Sanders more than Zeke, but I I do think that we will see better days ahead for Dylan, Um, but I'm not ready to put him in the Zeke conversation yet.
2: I mean, Aaron Rodgers may not play the rest of the season.
1: I think it was a really formidable question because Zeke, is kind of getting propped up by touchdowns to a, kind of a crazy degree so if that regresses and dylan just kind of even continues just getting the work that he is that's not a i don't i think that was a good comparison i would still probably take zeke just because i don't assume that the touchdowns are going to regress too heavily with the cowboys what they're doing with him is clearly working but it's close and uh, i still would take miles sanders over both aj dylan and ezekiel at rest of season
2: does my committee accept the question now Braden?
1: Uh, I mean, it was close, but.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, Alex, close us out with the Steelers and Colts.
1: Yeah, um, we will do, uh, believe it or not, George Pickens is better than Deontay Johnson the rest of the season. I believe that with great, great, great conviction. That's too easy? No, Uh, I'm
2: not saying it's too easy. I think it's a good question. I just think Pickett and Pickens have a kind of vibe that they've got going on, and Pickens is getting a few more of the red zone targets, all the red zone targets, and he should have had seven catches. He's just growing as a as a wide receiver.
1: Well, Pickens did drop a touchdown on the back of the end zone right before the half, but also Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, did, Johnson dropped one too, though. Deontay Johnson also had a 36% target share. That was kind of why I was trying to find a Deontay Johnson question. um He's still really hard to start, but 36% target share is wild. Uh...
0: I believe that Pickens will be better than Deontay Johnson the rest of the season. A bonus, um, believe it or not, is believe it or not, Deontay Johnson will not catch a touchdown all season long.
2: That is a very, very high
1: possibility. I, I'm gonna say no just from probability. Like I think they still scheme him around and I think he's just too good to not do it. But if you had to if I had to get the over under for two. Like I, I would say gets maybe one. Like I, don't think catch more than, <laughs> I don't think he'll get more than one. But one, exactly one. I think he could do it. But I think that that question proves a lot. And it, I don't know if we had to have a lot of fantasy analysis around that because it, it kind of speaks for itself a little bit for Deontay Johnson.
2: Yeah. Well, those are some good, believe it or not. Appreciate the organic questions there. Get the, get the true natures of Alex Braden and Jonathan. Do y'all have uh, anything else before we close out the show here? Braden, that's your, that's your T ball for, well, actually let's uh, go ahead before Braden says something absolutely, you know, says something outlandish.
1: I was going to say, uh, trade deadlines are quickly approaching if not already there. So my best advice and everything I'm doing in my leagues is to just look at playoff schedules. And like what Braden was saying with Saquon Barkley, maybe it doesn't work out and sometimes it doesn't, but the more bets you can put in your favor, like fantasy is, you know, luck and skill and, I think if you can put probabilities in your favor and hope for the luck um, more often than not, it does work out. So look at those playoff schedules and see if, you know, you can make some trades ahead of your trade deadline that your opponent thinks is a better short-term thing for them and, and try to capitalize. And even if it doesn't work out, it gets you analyzing it. And it is a good like process and simulation for going into next year and all that. So we, uh, I know over here, Braden, Jonathan, and I are talking about, these situations a lot in scenarios in all of our leagues. So it's a fun little little way to do it. If, if you want that extra edge.
0: Yep. I, I totally agree, Alex. And, um, trade deadline's important. That's where you really figure out if you are a competing team and if you can, can actually make a push or if you need to start playing for next year and yeah, you got to pay attention to the schedules and you gotta, you gotta really call your shot on players. So totally agree. Um, my biggest advice is you should do what, uh, the Jaguars did and just trade away James Robinson everywhere you can keep him as far away from your lineup as you can. And um, yeah, you should be good to, to have a league winner um, on
2: your team somewhere. You will not be getting Christmas card from James Robinson this year. That is safe to say
1: so for any okay. Jacksonville fan
2: or any, or you, you'll you get Christmas cards. that just might not be the ones you're hoping. So, uh, well, that does it for us here with the average pros. Thanks for listening. If you haven't liked or subscribed to the podcast yet, like the podcast or subscribe to the podcast or rated the podcast, do so now so that we can uh, keep keep doing this and get some feedback. So also you can follow us on at AverageProsFF uh, on Twitter. And uh, we'll be back next week. If your playoffs start this week, good luck. Um, but we will be here through the thick and thin the rest of the season, trying to give you that clear, concise, and competitive analysis. Until next time, we're the Average Pros. See ya. Your time is valuable, and we
1: thank you for sharing a little of it with the Average Pros. For more clear, concise, and competitive analysis, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AverageProsFF. That's at AverageProsFF. Editing and production by Jonathan Rates. Voiceover by Ben Johnson. Music by Josh Lippi and the Overtimers.
2: We'll catch you at the next one.